the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoshio. Oh, yeah. What a beautiful day. Lots of sunshine, got the clouds, got the breeze. Most importantly, I have 84. Wow. Rest of the weekend, walking on clouds, kind of, but some sunshine. And certainly, we'll take a high of 78 for tomorrow and 72 for Sunday. Will we not, Danny? Yes. We will. Yes, indeed. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's our famous Friday show. Have you heard about that? I have. It's true. Yes, indeed. Oh, by the way, a little bit. Well, you know, there's a few reasons why it's famous. We have some special guests today, besides yourself, of course, because you're, you're not really a guest. But you know. <laughs> we're going to cap the program off with our now that's punny segment, which you're prepping arduously for. Always. Right. And then we have. Uh, John Shea, who is a national baseball writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's written a new book on Willie Mays, one of the greatest ball players of all time. It's called 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. And uh, we're going to be chatting with him in just a few minutes here. I'm looking forward to that very much. And Pastor Raul Reese from the program Somebody Loves You, which is our Ministry of the Month for May. So we have a pretty full hour. And I understand, yeah. yes, and I understand that we even have Perhaps a little audio, uh, not that this show is a political program per se, but our sister station in town, uh, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, actually had the president of the United States on. So that's pretty big news. He was in uh, Allentown yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and so our morning show host, uh, Chris DeGaulle, had the president on for about 15 minutes this morning. We're just going to play like a minute of that for folks uh, so they can hear a bit of it, which reminds me to put the, play the following to be... Uh, precise portions of the following program may be pre-recorded actually they are pre-recorded so there we are just to be legal all right danny anything going on with you getting ready for the weekend here yeah i'm excited for some good weather yeah just gonna hang well are you, are you still kind of hanging out close to home these days a lot of folks are still doing that a little bit but I'm... yeah i am i am the most i go is a walk in the neighborhood that's okay. as far as i go now didn't you say last week you did like uh a six-mile run? Yeah. I'll right. probably do that maybe again this weekend if it's nice. So you're able to – you're still doing – keeping up with the, the long distance? I think after, you know, six feet, I'd be a little tired. Six miles. <laughs> well, I used to be able to do six – when I was in high school, we ran cross-country uh, for one mm-hmm. for one year. And um, I love the practices. After a while, you got used to it. It was kind of fun. We had five-mile runs, which were like on a, a harder surface to do, like including hills. And then we had a seven-mile run, which is flatter, actually Valley Green, which is not too far from here. Beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that was great, but it was running the races that, that drove me crazy because I was not a runner per se. I didn't have a runner's build, but the cross-country coach was very persuasive, and since I had nothing else going on, I wound up doing it. I actually joined the soccer team as a junior in high school so I could have an excuse to tell the cross-country coach, I'm sorry I can't run this fall. I'm playing soccer. Because I, I, I literally knew if I had nothing else going on, he was very persuasive. So <laughs> so that's that. But I remember I loved being in great shape. I, you know, you get older, you start – Saying, well, I remember when I was in great shape. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyhow, good. I'm trying. I know. I know. I've, I've gained some weight for sure, but I'm trying. Everybody has probably, unless you're super disciplined uh, this time yeah. of year. I don't know if I told you. We had Sarah Groves on the program a couple of times since we've done this. And she, uh, her friend Troy, her husband, our friend Troy, her husband, posted on Facebook recently as a picture of like a sticky note that said, um, you've already been here or something like that or <laughs> – it's not that time yet or something like that. Like, cause it's true when you're kind of like, well, living room, dining room, kitchen, living room, dining room, kitchen, so you, you make the circuit right. and it's like, no, nah. all right. You, you were here 32 minutes ago. Do something else. So yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, exactly. we'll look, yeah. So there we go. We'll have fun during the program and uh, our Bible league update just for folks. Also we're at 311, which is great. And we have 1889 to go. Our goal is 2200 and our partnership with Bible league. You can help out right in our homepage at WFIL.com. So, Danny, I will let you get rolling and keep working on those uh, puns for our concluding segment. And we'll Sounds catch you good. at the back end of the program. Very All good. Right. All I'll right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you then. It's our, our fine producer, Danny, uh, who is uh, working hard and keeping things together here. And as we uh, shift gears from Danny, and again, we have Pastor Raul Reese joining us shortly from Somebody Loves You, our Ministry of the Month. You can catch it every weekday morning at 1030. We actually now bring on our first guest, and his name is John Shea. He is a national baseball writer for the San Francisco Chronicle and the book on Willie Mays that he has put together. How are you doing, sir? How's it going? Hi, Tim. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, congratulations on the book being done and out and available. Labor of Love. Well, I'm thank not... you. Yeah, today is uh, opening day <laughs> in a different world. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Well, we'll take any opening day we can get. Share some backstory. When did the idea of actually writing this first happen for you, and, and how did it unfold? Yeah, well, 15 years ago, I, I approached Willie about this, and you know, I haven't covering the Giants uh, you know, since 1988. I got to know him pretty well, and he gained some trust in me. So 15 years ago, when I asked him about this, he said, I'd like to see this book in classrooms. And so from there, we took an inspirational slant and uh, life stories and life lessons. Yeah. John Shea is our guest, national baseball writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, author of 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. Over 200 interviews, Hall of Famers, teammates, opposing players, all sorts of folks, which is fascinating, including such a variety of perspectives. Was there a thing or two that perhaps continuously kept coming through no matter who you were talking to about Willie Mays, whether it was who he was or what he did as you did those interviews? Well, probably the impact he had on so many people. Uh, he wanted to get into this project not just uh, to, to cite examples of the people he inspired, but uh, those who inspired him. And, hmm. you know, as he, his word, it's a combination. You, you, you go from, you know, someone he inspired, someone uh, that that, uh, uh, that person is going to inspire, and all the way down the line. And, you know, his, his point is that... Uh, you know, if if it, it, I mean, look look at his his past, uh, growing up in Westfield, uh, Alabama, uh, to poverty, and and then you know, toward the end of his life, uh, you know, in his later years, anyway, you know, he's 
right in Air Force One with the President of the United States, Barack Obama. So, uh, you know, the exemplary life and the five-tool uh, prominence and superstardom on the field kind of set him apart. And, you know, the way he lived his life with no drinking, no smoking, yeah, shoot, he never got ejected from a baseball game. So, I, he, you know, the lessons he, he shares here are, uh, are, are are pretty noteworthy because there's so many people who respond in a positive manner. And I, I don't think I ever did a project of any type where it's like universally positive about one particular man. Hmm. Did you have any idea it was going to take the amount of time it took, or was there a boundary for you, like, I want to be done by this amount of time? Or was it just kind of like a, you know, it was flowing and let's keep going, there's more stuff we can do because his life did touch so many people? Yeah, you're right. It, it, the, the publisher was wondering for a while, when are you going to finish? But <laughs> there was just so much to do. Uh, you know, I haven't spoken with Hank Aaron yet. And then I spoke with Hank Aaron, and that's a separate chapter, Hank on Willie, Willie on Hank which really could be a book. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've interviewed presidents, uh, Bill Clinton for 40 minutes, George W. Bush for 40 minutes, Barack Obama, you know, opened his, uh, the entirety of his uh, transcripts, everything he ever said about uh, Willie in private and uh, public quarters. And, you know, the, Bill James on the statistical side and uh, Negro League teammates and uh, 30-plus Hall of Famers. And it, it seemed, you know, in my day job as a baseball writer at the Chronicle, you know, if you leave 10 messages and you're hoping to get five back, but when I drop Willie's name and, and, and it's a book, I'm, I'm batting about a thousand. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, it works obviously on multiple levels, certainly for those who love the game of baseball and his career was, uh, you know, speaks for itself. But also, as you mentioned, uh, it's something to inspire parents and kids from multiple generations. I'm going to guess it was challenging, but also fun and natural in a way, considering who you were talking about and that it was Willie's life specifically. How, how much of Willie's life were you aware of that whole side off the baseball field as you were going to write this book? Uh, you know, and how much of it were you discovering as the interviews were taking place? Well, you, that's a great question. I mean, we all knew what he did on the field and the four home runs in Milwaukee and the, the walk-off home run in the 16th against Warren Spahn to, to, to beat the Braves one nothing in that marichelle Spahn duel. And, uh, of course, the catch at the polo grounds at Game 1 in the 54 series. But he never really touched on things such as race and his inner thoughts and his trials and tribulations. The, the, he, he told me that, imagine this, by the way, he goes from the Birmingham Black Barons to an all-white uh, team at Trenton, his first minor league stop, in an all-white league for a teenager who had just graduated from, from high school. Hmm. That was an amazing transition and a culture shock. But... He overcame, he persevered, and when he told me things like, I wondered, you know, obviously this was only three years in 1950 after Jackie Robinson broke the color line, and he said, because he was hearing a lot of the same abuse that Jackie was, and Willie told me, you know, I wondered if it was worth it. And it got, like, got me chills. I said, I wonder if it was worth it. Wow. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, what if he stopped playing? What if he quit? What if he went back to the Birmingham area and worked in the mills like his dad or uh, work some odd jobs. We never heard of Willie Mays. Uh, that would that would have been that would have been cruel. And luckily for all of us, the entire world, baseball and beyond, you know, he stuck with it and overcame the bigots and basically won over the bigots. As Bill Clinton says in the book, Willie Mays uh, made it absurd to be a racist. So the, the racists who, who ripped on Jackie and didn't want the uh, integration and all that stuff, you know, they're cheering on Willie Mays and who never got booed on the road, hardly at all, 
And now that these guys got to look in the mirror and say, what, what kind of idiot am I? You know, what, how could I love Willie Mays and be a racist? So that's the type of thing that, you know, maybe the book is uh, trying to share with, you know, especially younger generations who might not be familiar with Willie Mays. Absolutely. John Shea, our guest, author of the new book, 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. Maybe one area, kind of touching on it there for a second, that we can chat about, especially in light of Father's Day coming up, not too long from now, the role Willie's dad had on him. Uh, share about that, if you would, a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, Willie Howard May Sr., nicknamed Cat, because he was so quick. He was a center fielder himself, smaller than Willie. And Willie was not a big man. But this man had several different jobs, uh, a porter and, and, and trains and worked in the mills. Uh, he played some ball himself for extra cash. And games of catch that Willie talks about with his dad, life lessons in themselves, not only learning the game of baseball, but learning about life. And uh, it, was, it was pretty touching stuff because Willie's dad always seemed to be there, uh, never forced it on him. Maybe Mickey Mantle's dad did. You know, these are parallel lives, by the way. Uh, Mantle and Mays both coming up in 51, both center fielders both in New York, both, you know, didn't have great upbringings in terms of, uh, you know, finances and, and that stuff, but, uh, you know, emerged into just superstars and uh, first ballot Hall of Famers and the best players ever in terms of five-tool prominence. So Mays, Mays kind of took a different path than Mickey, uh, you know, who was out at night and, and drank a lot and, uh, and caroused. But, uh, you know, Willie, Willie's different in that way, and, you know, that's not understated in the book. Yeah. John, it's been great to chat with you. Congratulations again on having the book out, and I know you have a lot of folks to talk to today. Hopefully we can cross paths again sometime. I've actually covered the Phillies part-time since the 90, late 90s, so maybe we did when the Giants were in town. Did you travel with the team uh, back back in the day or even now when they're when it's allowed? Oh, yeah, I've done a lot of traveling. Okay. But, but not when Willie made his debut in 1951 <laughs> in Philadelphia. No. The, the no. Giants won every game, but Willie didn't get a hit. That's great. That's a great thing. Okay. Thanks so much, John. Have a great rest of your day. Still enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I did not know that he debuted in Philly there. That's pretty cool. John Shea, author of the new book, 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid, book on Willie Mays, one of the greatest ball players ever in Major League Baseball history. Uh, He's also a writer. John is for the San Francisco Chronicle and been doing it for over 30 years. Take a quick break. Come back and look forward to bringing Pastor Raul Reese, who's also been... Uh, in the game, if you will, another kind of game for a lot of years, and also from the state of California. We'll be checking in here in just a moment. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. 419 of the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in today. Don't forget, you can get the podcast of today's program afterwards at WFIL.com. And also, if you have a second, tell a friend or two about the show. We've been around for a year and a half now. A lot of different interviews, several hundred actually. And we also have fun theme days, Moldy Oldies Monday, Trivia Thursday, things like that. And we like to give prizes out as well as part of the deal. So, don't keep it just to yourself. Let somebody know. You get a chance. Four to five each weekday. We also have a best of kind of a thing on Saturdays. Also, four till five. Today, we are glad to bring on board Pastor Raul Reese from Somebody Loves You, which is our ministry of the month. You can catch every weekday at 1030. How you doing, sir? Fine. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us. It's a privilege to talk to you again. 
think we had you on last spring, and uh, now this time around, Somebody Loves You is our Ministry of the Month for uh, for May, and so we wanted to... Yeah, we're excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, that's great. Well, I've been on WFIL for a lot of years, 10.30 each weekday morning. Folks have appreciated the ministry for a long time, and uh, there's a lot of different things we could chat about, I guess, uh, for a moment. Maybe we could just focus on what we're doing here for the uh, ministry, and maybe you could speak to it. I'm sure you have tons of resources, so... If, if you don't know all the details about everything, but uh, that's fine. But we're giving away um, the Nehemiah CD that has the, the verse-by-verse studies on his life. Um, and so I, I, I don't know if you're, you know, how long ago that came out or when you put that together, or how much you remember about that series having preached so many sermons. But, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yes, <laughs> probably, I think we put that together. I did that study probably about three or four years ago. Okay. Well, so that's something that we have. I guess he was one of the uh, you know greatest leaders in Israel's history in a lot of ways. Would you? Yes, right? I use that for all my leadership, and I recommend it to pastors because I think that Nehemiah is a good example of what a um, leader should be like, and that's a man of prayer. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and it came at an, obviously at a really important time in Israel's history. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> if you're going to get anywhere, you have to make sure you're on your knees first and throughout. Uh, yes, if you're not on your knees, then nothing will happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's also some weekly winners we're giving, uh, making prize winners for three different things. One's called, uh, it's the CD Daniel that has 19 in-depth studies on the book of Daniel on there. Yes. Yeah. You remember much about that, putting that series together? or Yeah, what? yeah. I put that together because of the what's taking place, prophetically speaking, and what a, what a man God actually chose in order to put that together, to give them those visions and those dreams uh, that are that fit today you know, in our society, what's taking place even at the present time. That's true. That's true. That there's also included in here a book and study guide, Living Above Your Circumstance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, I did that when there was problems going on, but today it's just incredible that this is worldwide. It's not just the USA. And then there's a Somebody Loves You Worldwide Notebook. So that's a... Yes. And that's a weekly prize. So a lot of different prizes that folks have entered to win. We've had people from all over the tri-state area so far who have been able to win something, which is a blessing. So we're grateful for that and grateful to, to support the ministry of Somebody Loves You in Philadelphia. So thank you, for, for again, for taking time with us today. How long have we been there in Philadelphia? Man, you know, I was going to ask our, uh, our business manager, Heather, usually has all that info. And I'm looking through my notes to see. I will I will text her while we're talking because she's <laughs> no no problem that's fine uh, yeah because it's a great question it's been a long long time so I, I'll, I'll send her a quick note while we that was well, before I had gray hair <laughs> <laughs> well God you have quite a, you've had quite a uh, quite a life uh, you know and quite quite a lot of chapters to it and I'm thinking you know what to focus on and. The pieces of your life, I thought, just if we could take a couple chunks of time, just one. Um, sure. Father's Day is not too far off. Just, I know the first 10, 15, 18 years of your life were certainly your father played a large role in maybe not the best way, but maybe you could just share a little bit about that background. And, and I also preset this up by saying whatever, I love uh, not just having information shared, but yeah. um, whatever's on this program, we want it to be like someone's listening to say, how can that help me? Yes. I'm sure there are people who have been in different or, but related situations to how you grew up. Well, my dad was a, a verbal and physical abuser uh, with my mom. She put up with a lot for so many years, you know, and uh, I became very bitter. 
are very angry. When I was in high school, and my whole goal was to kill my dad for what he had done to us and to my mother. So after high school, I went ahead during the Vietnam uh, conflict. I joined the Marine Corps uh, because I had done something that uh, was not pleasing to the police. And so I went to court, and they gave me the opportunity to go to jail or to go into the armed forces. So I chose the United States Marine Corps to go to Vietnam. So I went to Vietnam, and I was wounded twice. But in Vietnam, I learned more about hating people because of, uh, we lost 42 guys. And so I became very bitter in my life. So by the time I finished Vietnam, I came back, and I ended up in a, in a hospital, Oakland Naval Hospital, locked up for six months because of my anger, because of my mentality. And so finally, uh, they couldn't put up with me anymore, so they decided to discharge me. They sent me back to Camp Pendleton. I was there for six months. But during that time, my, uh, my girlfriend, which I met in high school, we never became boyfriend or girl, you know, girlfriend. We fell in love when I was in Vietnam through letters. Uh, she was a missionary like your mom and dad. Her mom and dad were missionaries in South America. So we went to high school together. So we, we wrote to each other while I was in Vietnam, fell in love with each other. We came home. She got pregnant. Uh, we got married. And then again, I got discharged with an honorable discharge from the Marine Corps. And I began to do what my dad exactly did, except I didn't drink, but I was angry. I had a lot of anger in my life. Pastor Raul Reese, our guest from the Somebody Loves You radio program. It's our Ministry of the Month for May. You can catch a program at uh, 1030 each weekday morning on WFIA. We're going to take a quick break. Keep our conversation going with Pastor All. Much more to come. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's 429 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Forecast, beautiful the rest of the afternoon. We had a high of 84. Cloudy tonight, low 62. Tomorrow, kind of cloudy, little sun, 78. Perfect Saturday, I think. Then uh, kind of cloudy for Sunday. Still some sun once in a while. And a high for Sunday, pretty good, 72. I'll take it. NASCAR kicks in this weekend, back in action after a couple of months. There's a race going on in South Carolina. No fans. Team roster size, about a third of what it usually is. They usually have like three or four dozen folks swarming around. They'll be down to team of 16 per team including the driver but again another little step in the direction of things starting to open up again so i'm looking for all the good news i can get on that front do what i can to get out and about every now and again and hopefully normalize things some in a safe way of course so what's happening as you're tuning in today um we have our now that's punny segment to conclude our program. But for now, Pastor Raul Reese on our program today, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. And uh, also, of course, you can catch him weekday mornings at 1030 on WFIL with the program, Somebody Loves You. And so that whole, that whole relationship with your father, because I know there was part of the chapter involved. You were, I guess, born in Mexico. And at one yes. point, your mom said, we're going to leave because it's, it was that yes. bad early on for you. As that, how old were you when that happened? Maybe eight or 10? I was, I was 10 years old. My mom was born in New York. My grandparents are Spaniards. 
and my dad was Mexican German. Wow. And he, his dad left him, so my grandpa. So he, at a young age, uh, began to drink, and alcohol took over his life. Mm. He never missed a day of work. He was very faithful to work, and very, very abusive, you know, in our in our life. So at the age of ten, my mom woke us up one day and said, "Hey, we're leaving to America." My grandparents were here and my aunt and my cousin. So we came here to L.A., and then we stayed here. Two years later, my dad was wanting to come here. So I told my mom, do not bring him here. I hate him. I don't want nothing to do with him. So at the age of 12, my mom went ahead, brought him here. He worked for the Bank of America, my mom for the Union Bank. But he came home. He drank every night, abused my mom. I was in uh, high school, so I decided, you know, I was going to kill him. It's so it's so much to process, and what I was going to also ask you because your time in the military, and you, as you were mentioning a moment ago about your early years of marriage to Sharon, is that right? That's her name. Yeah, Sharon. Uh-huh. Yeah, how those first few years also still were filled with a, a lot of stuff that shouldn't have been there, uh, and, yeah. and, and anger and all that. Um, not that it's an excuse, right? I'm sure you're very careful right. to walk that line. But to think of partly how you grew up and what was modeled for you, as well as just the, I can't imagine, I was never in war. So I don't know what it would be like to come home with all of that ramped up, you know, heightened sense of everything. Um, Yeah, you know what? I was already angry. And when I went there and I saw my friends be killed and I had to carry them, you know, in uh, parts of their bodies, you become very, very uh, emotional very angry, and I never talked about it. You know, when I made my movie, Fury to Freedom, uh, we really didn't want to make a movie, but Pastor Chuck Smith decided to pay for it to make that movie, which has been used all over the world, but we never thought that God could use our lives that way. Amen. Well, and he does, and he did. <laughs> and you mentioned Chuck Smith. I remember seeing a uh, uh, you know clip on, on your conversion and how the day that, you know, you were... Yes. <laughs> Can you tell? Yes. I'm sure you've told the story, but but just share that the before you know, kind of we're jumping around a little bit. But the part part about where you were, you know, the you know, relationship with Sharon was at a point where you were like, you know what, I'm going to just take her out. I'm going to I'm going to end this whole thing right now. The frustration so high, and how Chuck he said he was leaving me, and so she packed her back. So when I came home, I saw her backpack. She was in church. So what I did is I went down, you know, I put on, I hit the TV, Chuck came on, destroyed my life, ready to shoot up with the police. And Chuck, through his message, God used him to pierce my heart, to get on my knees and to ask Christ into my life. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really, I don't, I I'm, I'm laughing only because of how unbelievable it is. And considering all the years of, uh, that you, you know, the things you went through and also just the anger growing up with that, uh, that God's love. As unorthodox yes. as that is, uh, Chuck Smith on television. Yes. I mean, I was 24 years old. I was 73 this year. <laughs> wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, speak to this, if you would. For those just tuning in, Pastor Raul Reese, our guest, uh, he's, of course, you can catch him weekdays at 10.30 a.m. on WFIL with the Somebody Loves You program. Part of this whole thing going on in the background, because you mentioned Sharon grew up as a, kind of a missionary kid. Is that right? So she, yeah. how about for you, uh, just as a parenthesis, did you grow up? hearing about the Lord some or just kind of off to the side or 
No, no. Not really. I was a Catholic. My grandma was a very faithful Catholic. Okay. She took me to church, but it never impressed me, you know, yeah. because I would go home. And I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. My dad, my mom would drop me out, and I thank God for that because she became my mother, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I loved her with all my heart. And then I would go home, and I would hate my mom because she put up with so much garbage, you know. And my dad would just abuse her and take you know, take advantage of it because she was a female. Yeah. So all that when I was a kid growing up. And then, you know, my wife being a missionary in Colombia and in Chile, her parents were persecuted. Uh, the mission station they had in Colombia in the 40s, the Catholic Church and the military came and burned it down, and they had to flee to Chile. Wow. <laughs> the stuff that's yeah. – well, what do you think it was that kind of would have clicked? Uh, and I, I find this fascinating where people do – who they grow up around the gospel. They might have gone to church, but like you said, didn't stick when you came home or something. Was there anything in particular that you can think that helped you uh, turn that corner? I mean, God – just the fact that God sent a son for you maybe had never been presented by, as it was that day with Chuck or uh, on the TV or – you know, you know what? My sister-in-law and Sharon's grandparents and parents were praying for me. Now, you know, before people pray for you, there's no conviction. You just do whatever you want to do, you know, because we have that will. <laughs> right. But when they start praying for the for the next three years, I start feeling this conviction, and it became more angry. You know, I didn't know they were praying for me, which it brought me two years later to my knees to accept Christ. And, you know, Christ had a, uh, I mean, a whole life for me, which now I see it that I didn't see at that time. You know, it's a great word. And why I'm glad you pointed that out is for any of us who are praying for somebody and yes. um, you're looking on the outside, because if someone had looked upon you, uh, Mary, yes. you know, with Sharon and you have a child before you're married, then you get married and then still having marital issues. And they're like, God, the prayers aren't working here. Can you, <laughs> or yeah. they could have tried what? to, well, yeah, right. Yeah. What's in the book of Revelation, it says the prayer of the saints are before the throne of God. Well, a lot of times you might be praying here and nothing happens, but when you pass away, be the Lord. Those prayers are going to be answered in God's perfect time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Pastor Raul Reese, uh, Somebody Loves You is our ministry of the month for May. You can catch it at 1030 each weekday morning. If a quick break we're going to take. And then keep our conversation going. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local, it's The Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 440 in The Tim DeMoss Show. Just a quick reminder that the uh, partnership with Bible League you heard about a few minutes ago continues. We have 311 Bibles accounted for so far, 1889 to go. Would you be willing to pick up the cost of one or two or five or 10 or 100? They're only five bucks each. Right on our homepage at WFIL.com, Asia, where Christianity is growing the fastest in the world, but only one in 10 believers has a Bible. You can help out. Many hands make light the work. Whether you do it this afternoon, tonight, over the weekend, and we try to update the tally on our homepage uh, each day as best as we can. So help out if you would. You can either call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or go to our uh, website, WFIL.com, and click the Fan the Flame logo right there. It only takes a moment or two to do. Continuing along from our Ministry of the Month for May, 
Somebody Loves You. Pastor Al Reese, kind enough to hang out with us for a little bit. He's, of course, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. I'm sure you and, and uh, Joe Fosher are, are friends, well know, know each other here in Philly. Yes, for years and years. When he started his ministry, I used to go make uh, do a radio rallies, and we went to his church when he had probably about 30 people. Yeah. And it's been so awesome to see what God has done with he and his wife and the church. Yeah, he, he's been in, uh, to the station, been in the studio, been on uh, weekday mornings for many years here as well, which is a big blessing. And uh, if I remember correctly, not too long ago, you were in in Philadelphia with, is it your son, Ryan, who was here too? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And so he has quite a story also that I'm going to get into yes. now, but, but <laughs> folks will remember that as well. So yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking the father's day angle and all that. And I don't know if you have a quick comment or thought about whether it's Ryan or even just um, watching him. Cause for first couple dozen years of his life too, he was yeah. right. He wasn't. And 17 he, years. Okay. 17 years he got into drugs. Yeah. And I never took drugs, so I didn't know nothing about drugs, but my, some of my friends were on drugs. And so my wife and I prayed for him. Whenever he would come to our house, he went for my son. My son had a company, yeah. a snowboard company, and a, uh, actually a uh, company for skateboarding and all that. So he worked for him. And uh, started getting into drugs, you know, going all over the world with these skateboarders and uh, started getting into drugs with them to the point where, you know, he could have died so many times. And the last time he was in, pa- in Panama, I think it was Panama, and one of the skateboarders called me. He said, your son's going to die here tonight. So my wife and I dropped to our knees. We prayed. And then he told us the story. He went, he went to the hotel that night, and he opened the door. There was a Bible there. He opened it, put it back, went to sleep. The next morning, he woke up, stole the Bible, and on his way on the airplane, began to read the Bible. So when he got to the airport, he called me, and he said, Hey, Dad, you know of a rehab? I said, You know what? Instead of going to rehab, why don't you come to my office, and you sit down in my office, and you listen to Pastor Chuck Smith, and I think that will be your, your best rehab, and it did work. He got saved, and God healed him, and God uses him continually. Wow. And he, and he, but, and, in, and different than you, he actually grew up knowing something about the gospel, right? Grew up under... Yes, I mean, he was in a home of, of Christianity, but, you know, we had that willing. He hung out with people. They took drugs. They, you know, they abused people. And so what took place, it was kind of a miracle that demonstrated to me that if you're listening and you're a Christian, it doesn't really matter that your kids are going to be perfect. They have a will, and they're going to choose what they want to do. And all you can do is pray, trust God, for God to use them. Wow. That's great words of wisdom. And from someone, especially who's seen both directions, you know, coming from yeah. your father and your son, quite a, quite a story. Well, uh, just a couple of things for you too, if we could, uh, uh, um, yes. I know part of a huge part of your life also martial arts came into play initially. Yes. Did that come into play for you just as a way of, uh, not an outlet, but was it just for you personally? Like I want to do this for me or were you thinking bigger? Yeah. Okay. I was in high school, and I was working at a grocery store, and uh, my friend Dale, which has been a friend of mine 65 years, his son, his father, his actually his brother-in-law was taking Kung Fu from a Chinese guy by the name of Jimmy H. Wu, yeah. and I was, at, I was in suffering high school. So I decided to go ahead and go and take classes, because I love fighting. So I went ahead, and I took it. And I went to Vietnam, came back after that, went back to Jimmy H. Wu, and I was with him for 45 years. Wow. And I became a black belt. I became a master in the martial arts. When I got saved, I thought God was going to take that away from me, but he did. He gave it to me as a talent to use all over the world, even in China. 
It's amazing. And so that became part of the ministry that you, I mean, you have, you've yeah. had like de- de- demonstration. Yeah. Really? Well, yes. and a neat story too, that I've heard is that, um, you know, uh, being in combat, of course, you know, taking somebody's life is like, um, rattling, I'm sure. Yeah. Right, yes. but but you were yes. God allowed you to help not just not just many many others since, but specifically with him, your your uh, I don't know teacher or how you would call him. Yes, I, well, with my teacher, what happened is you know I was with him. He saw a transformation in my life, so he wouldn't ask me, but he would watch me and he talked to me, and so I just prayed for him and I began to share with him. And then one day uh, before he tweets before he died. I went to Orange County to a Carl's Jr. He asked me to meet him there to have lunch. So I did we'll go there, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give him the full punch, the whole gospel. <laughs> so I, I gave him the whole gospel, and he told me to go to his house. So I went to his house, and he gave me a sword, I mean, which was special. Yeah. And then I prayed with him, and then two weeks later, his wife was a teacher. She went to work and came back home, and he, he was still in bed. And what happened is he passed away. What a thing. Two weeks prior. That's perfect timing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I did his, his funeral. All the martial artists came, and I gave them the gospel, too. <laughs> that, oh, I bet you did. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, one other thing to conclude with. Um, you have, an, I think, a rel- relatively new book, uh, Marriage, Vowed, Inseparable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Share about like how long that's been in the making and what brought it to you or to have it on your heart to, to write that book. My wife and I thought because we had such a marriage that I think we would help people. We don't want to be phonies, you know. We did this uh, a, a life life book so that when people read it, they have hope, but also they have conviction okay. that God will speak to them, you know, and they can give it to different people to read it, you know. We, we made it very, very cheap so they could buy it cheaply, and at the same time, that story can pierce so many people's hearts. That, that book was written in tears, you know, and being hurt, my wife and I. Yeah. And it's been just a, a tremendous witness to us and to our children and to those that know us here in the church. I would recommend it. I'm, I'm not pushing my book. You know, I don't do those kind of things. But I think if you want to get it, you can get it cheap and you can read it. And I hope that God touches your life with our book. Yeah, in fact, uh, folks can get a free chapter, I think, at somebodylovesyou.com and just to get get started. Yes. But like you said, I think it was very inexpensive, like $10, $15, yes. $15, something like that. Right, right. That's a, that's a good thing. And and you don't pull any punches, obviously. I mean, it kind of how life has been lived uh, in your case. Yes. And there are topics in, in, in the book, right? I mean, you talk about divorce. You talk about yes. Um, yes. one man, one woman. Like, uh, you know. You, use all that, yes. Yes. So, I mean, but have you found, because, you know, we live we do live in a culture where some people take the roundabout way. Uh, they don't want to touch on topics like that because they can be kind of complicated in some ways or whatever. You don't want to come down hard on somebody, an individual. But at the same time, God's truth is God's truth. How have you found that yeah. to be for you personally over the years as you've preached and thought, do I need to soften this down a little bit and just not address you know it? What? Or, when yeah. I got saved, I didn't want to compromise. You know, I don't want to be like a lot of times a lot of teachers, they compromise, you know, to keep the program and to get finances. I really didn't care. I care more about the message. And I trust the Lord for people to give to the ministry. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to them. And whenever I went out, I saw the love of Christ because I did give the love of Christ. But I would never, ever compromise because I don't want to do that. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Rob, it's been great talking with you. Um, we do have a lot of listeners in Philly. 
who listen to Somebody Loves You every weekday. And I thought we could close with just the question because they get the benefit from listening. What could they pray for you specifically about, as especially as they listen to the program? If they can pray for my wife's cancer and to pray for me and my seizures. I have seizures for 14, 15 years now. Oh, wow. And uh, it's been a situation in my older life. And if they can pray for that and our family, I would love that. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Will do. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for talking. Hopefully Thank we get to see you in Philly before long. I don't know if you have any trips planned, Lord willing, in the, in the next year or two, but we'd love to see if yeah. it turns out that way. We hope so. Thank <laughs> All right. you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. All right. Pastor Raul Reese from our Ministry of the Month for May. Somebody loves you. We'll take a quick break, come back, and cap off our fine program and week with our Now That's Punny segment on a high note there. Tim DeMoss Show, AM560WFIL.com and on the app. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. What do you think, Danny? Can you hear the music? I think that's the wrong, that's the wrong music. It's Sleigh Ride. Are you in, are you in the right season? <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I don't even know what month it is. <laughs> We're in December, right? Yeah. Actually, totally. if, there's, if there's one day I shouldn't be confused, it's today. 84 for the high. Man. And this weekend in the 70s, I'll take it any day of the week. So, are you ready for our Now That's Punny segment? I was born ready. How about you? All right. I'm, I am, too. It's coming up in a second. Just a quick reminder for folks, the No Safe Spaces documentary, only available a short while longer. Top documentary of 2019, nosafespaces.com is where you can check it out. Make sure to enter the code SAVE25 to save 25% off that. You can't find it on Amazon Prime or uh, what's the other one? Netflix, Danny's personal favorite, uh, because they don't want to carry it. Ironically enough, it's a documentary on free speech. Who knew? Adam Carolla, Dennis Prager, co-host. They travel the country interviewing political figures, cultural figures on both sides of the aisle. The whole deal about America is great but also values have come under attack and how you can fight back. So check it out, nosafespaces.com. Uh, before we go with our pun segment, though, Danny, you know, our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, the call letters for that station are the same as this segment, NTP, WNTP. Now that's punny, right? But not quite. <laughs> so I thought it'd be appropriate. Well, see, and I thought, I'm always looking for a tie-in. Really quickly here, I want to play for you a clip of an interview. Again, we don't make this show political per se, but uh, our sister station is more on the conservative side of things. And I'm only taking a minute here to play this because we actually had the president of the United States on our sister station this morning with Chris Stegall. Here's that clip. It is an honor now to welcome for the first time to Philadelphia's AM 990 The Answer, the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Mr. President, it's an honor to have you this morning. Good morning, sir. Well, thank you, Chris. It's an honor to be on your show. I was... Nearby yesterday in Allentown, and uh, we had a tremendous, a tremendous time, and tremendous people lined up along the streets. A tremendous amount of people lined up along the streets. It was incredible to see. Actually, Pennsylvania's in good shape, and you have a governor that doesn't want to let people out of their, out of their houses or whatever you want to say because it's a, it's a, not a good situation. There's a lot of anger. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. Our our Governor Tom Wolf says, in fact, Pennsylvania citizens are cowards, Mr. President, because they want and they want they want to go back to work. What would you say to him about that? We're cowards. Well, we listen, to go back. 
Right. It's incredible that, uh, you know, it's one thing to be strong on this, and I'm all in favor of it. And, you know, I'm the one. We have certain guidelines. We have certain rules and regulations. The governors can uh, pretty much uh, override it if they want. And if we see something egregious, we'll override them. We'll, do, we'll be very strong on it. But, you know, you have large portions of your state where they're not affected or badly affected. And you have to be able to do something about it. You have to be able to have a little flexibility. They're, what they're doing in, in Pennsylvania is really, it's too much. It's too much. People have to get on with their lives. You know, people are dying this way, too. When you do that, when you look at drugs and drug overdoses and you look at suicides and you look at all of the problems, people losing their job, you have to show a little flexibility. And it obviously is a, a, you know, a hard issue to talk about, multifaceted folks have had from all sides. I just thought, well, you had the president on, and obviously he leans one direction, and, and that station does too. But just to give you a minute of that, I thought, appropriate today. And then we do need to pray for our leaders on all levels, President Trump, Governor Wolf, Governor Murphy, all and the rest. Now let's cap it off. Danny, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Did you hear about the picture that went to jail? The picture that went to jail? No. It was framed. Mm. <laughs> I, knew that. I saw that coming. I figured. Yeah. What do you got next? How, how do pickles enjoy their day off? How do pickles enjoy their day off? I don't know. They relish it. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. All right, next. Thank you. Why was the mushroom invited to the party? Why was the mushroom invited to the party why because it was a fun guy <laughs> ah, a, su- a superfood joke nice work <laughs> all right what, what do you, you ready what do you study in music college what do you study in music college why clef no okay go a ahead. major a major what would you do with the brain if you had one I don't know, Dorothy. <laughs> I like to put that out there. Nothing personal. Got, got another one? Um, Tim, yes. did you notice the haircut I got yesterday? The haircut you got yesterday? I, I really did not. I have to admit. Well, I didn't like it initially, but now it's starting to grow on me. <laughs> Thank you. Last one? All right. Which pasta is the cheapest? What? What is the cheapest? Which pasta? I don't know. Penne. <laughs> and that'll do it. Thank you, Danny. Have a great weekend. You too, Jim Axum's up next. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.